drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown to Torbeyer, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Twin Lions. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on everybody? We are back. You are probably listening to us on a Friday morning, either heading off to work or maybe you're catching us later in the afternoon. We are back here to talk all things Detroit Lions. We're continuing our dollars and cents series. Today we're talking wide receivers. We're talking those cornerbacks. Everybody and their brother knows that Grifka loves big pace Big play slay. He probably cannot wait for this show. Griffco, what's going on, buddy? Oh, man, it is so hot outside to do anything. We're going to hit, like, almost triple digits with the heat index this weekend. Oh, gosh, but thank God it's Friday. Everybody out there, you know Grifka's good for a random weather report, a TGIF, and some other nonsense here to start the show. Grifka, was it, was it Darius Slay that you shook his hand and told him he'd be good? Are we going to talk about him today? Yeah, we're going to talk about him today. Um, <laughs> let's just hop into this, man. We got so many guys to talk about. It's probably the, two of the most electric positions on the football field. Best athletes, wide receivers, cornerbacks. We got so many guys to talk about. Let's just hop into this. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Grifka, you need a little background music to get it going for real. Let's do this thing. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Grifka, tee us up. Wide receivers, corners. Where are we going, bro? Let's start with the wideouts, man. They're the ones that get paid to catch the touchdowns. Um, I'm going to start with this guy, um, big signing a few years ago. Um, I know there's been a lot of like rumors going around about him being traded this offseason. Let's start off with Marvin Jones. He's got the base salary of 6.5 uh, with the bonuses and the other things that he receives. He has a total cap hit of 9.18 this year. Um, dead cap of 5.366 if the Lions were looking to move on from him just to cut him. Um, based on that amount that he makes this year, how do you feel about this guy? And do you think those uh, trade talks were actually real or just kind of a smokescreen? Hey, Griffith, I'm a big fan of Marvin Jones. Like He's done nothing but come in here and be a silky, smooth athlete. He's had a big year kind of when he first came to the Lions. You know, the contract he's lived up to, it actually looks like a good contract for that type of receiver. <clears throat> really like Marvin, everybody was saying to get rid of him, or I was even trading him back in the offseason for Patrick Peterson and whatever else. But um, I think now he's getting so overlooked that I'm glad to have him. I think he's going to come in here and have a good year. And 
Um, you know, the Lions are back to having three receivers, man. Marv, Kenny, and, and Danny Amendola, along with some other depths. So I'm excited about this receiving core, especially Marvin Jones. Yeah, Marvin Jones, uh, the 9.18, I mean, I know it sounds a little high, and um, I don't think the Lions are going to look to move on from him this year, especially with the 5.36 um, and dead cap. Um, if uh, the Lions feel a few guys behind him are progressing along, uh, next year um, he makes a, his numbers are exactly the same, except his dead cap is all the way down to 2.6. So the Lions may like that a little more if they feel guys behind him have produced that could take a spot. But um, I think this year um, he's looking good. He's going to be a big part of this core. So uh, uh, the 9.18, that is uh, very doable for the salary cap that the Lions have, and I think he's going to be a big part of this offense. No uh, let's go with this guy. Let's go with the guy that they signed this year. One-year deal, Danny Amendola. Um, and it's going to be that veteran presence, you know, underneath uh, slot um, slot guy taking uh, Golden Tate spot. Um, base salary of 4.25, but uh, only a couple bonuses there and bringing this total cap hit up to 4.4. Um, no dead money against this guy. So, uh, you know, I don't see the Lions getting rid of him. But uh, how do you feel about Danny Amendola on this team for uh, the salary that of 4.4? Uh, the salary itself, again, we we are dollars and cents here. To me, is 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 not the cheapest in the world, but there's there's something about the work ethic this guy brings to the team. I think he's a he's learned from some of the best, like Edelman, and and being in the Patriots system. He's a seems to be a hard worker, a guy that's somewhat of a leader in that room, a guy that can do some of the similar things to what Golden Tate did. I know Golden Tate's your favorite player, Grifka, but, um, you know, he can do similar things, be across the middle, kind of help Stafford move the chains along with a tight end, which I'm sure we'll get to later. And uh, I like Danny Amendola. The contract is what it is. I was kind of glad they targeted this guy and went out and got him. Because um, I think those three receivers, instead of just having one or two, really does make a difference in your offense, as well as having a running back and a tight end, should be a really complete unit. And I think Amendola does that. And don't be surprised if he leads us in receiving a few weeks, as well as uh, lives up to this uh, contract. But he's got to stay healthy. He has had some injury issues. So if he can avoid that, I think he'll be worth every penny. Right. Um. Yeah, the injury issues always seem to pop up with him. I mean, he is 33 years old. He is only on a one-year deal. Um, 4.2 base salary. Like I said, 4.4. Maybe a little steep. Um, like I said, the only thing I really worry about is, is just that injury. It's just I think he's only played out of, out of his whole career maybe like one or two seasons where he's played the whole season. And I'm not talking like where he's, like other seasons he's played like 15 games and 14 games. There's a lot of other seasons where he's missed significant time. So um, in my book, I, I, I do like the signing. But uh, like you said, dollars and cents, every every penny counts. I mean, 4.4, at, uh, it might be a little on the high side for the guy. But I think they're definitely looking, trying to pay this guy for his leadership and to be that um, wily veteran underneath, knows how to get open, knows how to create space. So... Um, but once again, I just I think 4.4 may be a little high. So, but that's just me. So that's that's my take on. Um, let's bring up this guy, uh, the guy that uh, you were you've been on this guy since day one. I've been uh, you know, you've been telling the like vote, saying this guy's gonna be good. You're on him. I have to like I said, he's progressing a little farther along than I thought. Uh, Kenny Boy, uh, he's still on his rookie contract. He's got a base salary of 6.7 and a cap it of 8.55. We're not even going to worry about dead money with this guy because this guy ain't going anywhere. Um, what do you think about this guy? And do you think maybe he's going to be kind of like 
what the running backs are doing. Do you think he may be aiming for like an extension before his contract's up? Grifka, I've talked all about Kenny Galladay. I mean, could sum it up pretty much like this. Kenny's lived up. He's been way better than advertised. Third rounder. Again, I don't want to come at you again, but the draft, if you can find gems in the third round, it's absolute gold. Kenny's making no money. He hasn't reached that level yet where he can kind of demand, oh, I I deserve, I'm going to hold out, this and the other. This guy's no nonsense. He shows up to play. I mean, the dollars make absolute sense. He makes no money. He's locked in for the next couple. And then if he continues to progress and become a dominant number one physical type uh, receiver, sure, the Lions will then have to sort of decide to pay him to keep him in the fold. But we're a couple years away from that and uh, just hoping he keeps projecting upward. Kenny Galladay, man, simply. Yeah, you're going to scare fans off with that Rod Allen stuff, man. You cut that, <laughs> cut that out. But, uh, um, you know, Kenny Galladay, uh, I'm there with you. I don't think he's – he doesn't seem to be the type of prima donna that it seems like a lot of wide receivers are that um, they're looking for all that big payday. The guy's, you know, he's he's still learning, so has a long way to go to be the one of those real dominant, you know, top five wide receivers. I don't know if he'll ever get there, but I think he could be one of the top 10 wide receivers in the league. And what his pay is, what he's doing for this team, some of the catches he's making, you know, he's worth every penny on this rookie contract. When, his, when that contract's up, he's going to get paid. And I hope the Lions are wise enough to pay him because uh, I think a lot of fans like him. I think he's, uh, like I said, hard worker, you know, no-nonsense, blue-collar type of guy that the Lions need. So, you know, this rookie contract, you, you know, keep producing, but when time comes, he's going to get paid. And I just hope the Lions re- really step up and realize that they need to keep this guy around. I got one quick uh, piece of advice for Kenny. If he wants to uh, be the number one and kind of overseat Marvin, he's got to absolutely take this to heart. To be the man, you've got to beat the man. I'm very curious if Kenny freaking Galladay can show up and become a number one be the man on this team not only this year but moving forward when it comes to wide receiver position yeah he's got to uh like you said oh by the way woo! (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah he just needs to step up a little bit to uh, take over Marvin's spot but uh he's on that track here uh let's Let's get your game up yeah exactly uh Let's bring up this guy. It's a guy they signed later um, in the free agency period. Um, I think gives them, you know, a nice number four. That's uh, Jermaine Curse. He's got the base salary of $1 million with uh, the bonuses. It's going to be at the $1.3. Um, you like the signing of Jermaine Curse for the $1.3 million? Yeah, I like Jermaine Curse a lot. My only thing is, like, as I've been looking at this depth chart, I mean, you're looking at Curse, you're looking at Powell, you're looking at some of these other uh, guys underneath the top three. I mean, it's going to be tough to where they all shake out. But uh, I kind of love to see this guy make the roster. I I love that uh, contract. I love the fact that he brings another veteran leadership, a guy that's made plays in the league. Um, So I don't know. It's going to be – I'm really curious to see how it shakes out and uh, what the Lions are thinking of. Do they want – some of these vets so they can make a run and get, get some W's, you know, do you want to like take the chance of losing out on guys that maybe have a higher upside uh, curse the guy I really liked. And I'm hoping that, you know, when it all shakes out, he can make the team, but I'm a little skeptical just based on uh, 
looking at the names here and then what he can do on special teams and all that type of stuff. So uh, I'm rooting for him. I like I like Curse a lot. Yeah, Curse, um, I think, once again, it's that last veteran guy on the team. If something happens to Amendola or, you know, Jones or Galladay, he can kind of step in there. He's been around the block. He knows what to do as a pro. I, I really like that signing because they're not depending on one of those really young guys. If plays need to be made, if, like I said, somebody's injured, this guy knows what to do. So signing 1.3, that's, you know, that's that's not a big pay hit. So that's a good signing. That's a very wily signing there by, uh, by Bobby Quinn. So. Uh, these next couple guys I, w- I want to throw together because I think they're kind of aiming for the same spot on the team or at least a position like maybe the number five wide receiver, six wide receiver. And um, that's Andy Jones and, uh, and Brandon Powell. Uh, Andy Jones, I mean, he's on your basic, you know, $645,000 salary. Powell's at uh, five seventy with a cap at of five seventy four. So uh, how do you feel on these two guys? Do you think they have a chance of making the team or you think they're kind of battling for one position or maybe they're both on the outside looking in? Um, they're both pretty cheap. So uh, where do you, what's your take on those two guys? I like it when they're cheap, Grifka, uh, when they're rookies or, or when you're getting, the, you know, those young young contracts always help out the bottom line. So um, the, the one thing, though, with dollars and cents, Grifka, I think we need to focus on these guys that are not only making big money but have some, you know, dead money or maybe they have a long-term deal that, we, hey, is this going to be good long-term? I'm really not worried about – these other deals, I mean, to me, Andy Jones either can play or he can't. He's been a guy that's been around here a lot. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, maybe he'll make the team. Maybe uh, maybe we got something here in a depth receiver. Well, you know, like I said, he's either going to ball out in training camp and be a beast on special teams, and it won't matter, you know, what he makes in comparison to Brandon Powell. He'll just be the better receiver because they're both really not making that much money. So, you know, that's why I say we focus on like the Marvin contract or like you said, maybe what Kenny will need down the road. But, um, you know, I'm not an Andy Jones guy. I mean, he did kind of show out towards the end of last year and he's been a good soldier, but I'm not a huge fan. Powell, I've kind of always, uh, wait, hold on. Powell. Um, he, he's, uh, he's always been a guy that like, I sort of, you know, Hey, this guy can do some things. He's decent in college. Like he's nice little undrafted pickup, but again, he, if it comes down to him and curse, you know, give me curse. You know, if I keep on the practice squad, great. But I think, you know, the dollars aren't going to matter as much as, you know, who and how many of the lines going to want to keep when it comes to this, uh, like you said, numerous receivers here. We got quite a few wideouts on this uh, roster right now. Yeah. Um, if, like you said, I think Andy Jones uh, and pow, there are a couple guys. I, I don't know. I think Powell may be able to go on the uh, practice squad. Andy Jones, if he ends up playing, once again, I think it's going to be like last year where we're just hurting and the guy's on the field. Like, I, mean, I know we always mention it. Like, we were at training camp. We saw this guy on the sideline, like, you know, doing, working out, and he's running routes, and that guy just seemed to be like a guy running in mud. We're like, this guy has no chance making the team, and we're just kind of sitting there laughing. And then he catches a touchdown late in the year. We're like, hey, Andy Jones. But uh, I cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. That That's what you said at training camp, Griff. I didn't say anything bad about him. Exactly. I'm so, I'm so glad you brought up my son, son but it's amazing how you got that. But uh, <laughs> I think Paul, Paul could be, if Amadola takes Paul under his wing, I think Paul could be that guy to replace him. So, But I think they're both going to have a, a 
a difficult time. They're going to have to show some stuff out to even touch the field this year. I think between the two, Bowell is a better chance of uh, of making the squad. You know what? You know what most NFL teams say when they see either of those guys on an active roster, Grifka. What's that? Well, the frickin' God! I think that's probably what defensive coordinators are saying if you're running Andy Jones or Powell out there on a weekly basis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Single coverage right there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, I, I know uh, you had mentioned like some of the higher ones, but I really want to touch base on uh, Travis Fulgham. Uh, once again, it's a rookie contract, 495, and base with the 530, uh, 539, you know, total cap hit this year. Um you think the guy has a chance of touching the field this year? Is he going to be one of those guys that uh, he's going to might be, if he is on this team, he's going to be one of those healthy scratches. I mean, we know he's, once again, like you said, he's cheap, but uh, what do you think his, his, uh, his place is with his team with uh, him being a late round draft pick? I think, I think Vogel is a guy that, uh, you know, again, it's going to come down to numbers. I think he's got too much upside when you really dig into not only what he did in college, but, what he did when he was featured and was given the role, he can, as I said before, he can catch it and run. He can catch it in the end zone. Uh, he's just got some – he's a really good blocker. We, we read that stat where he's kind of like the best blocking receiver in, in the draft. So I, he brings a lot to the table. But, again, uh, we had our dust-up last show. I mean, I'm not putting this guy as the top three, four receiver. I mean, I'm hoping that he can be in that – you know, five-ish range with some upside. And then maybe next year, if a few guys depart, maybe he creeps up another slot or two. But uh, I think this guy could be a nice uh, number four, maybe even creep up to a number three as, as far as his, his upside. And uh, I think he's kind of, I don't know, he's, he's probably just too good, in my opinion, to sort of let go based on what I've seen on tape and, and some of the things he brings to the table. But I mean, I'd love to see him make some plays uh, this year. Maybe hear Dan Miller uh, say some things about him. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! I mean, that'd be nice. Yeah, that would be. And uh, I, like you said, I, I don't know if he'll be able to do that this year. Um, in a couple of years from now, he may be the guy taking over for Marvin Jones if Fulgham develops like maybe the Lions are hoping he can do. Um, like you said, he, he, the only, I saw him you know, at ODU, at Old Dominion, and the one highlight game that I kept seeing, where the ESPN kept flashing to it, was playing Virginia Tech, and they upset Virginia Tech, and every time there's a big play at wide receiver, he was the guy catching the ball. So if he can develop, he, he may be the Marvin Jones replacement in a couple of years. Um, like I said, rookie contract, and, you know, if rookies put up any numbers, that means that they're worth every penny that, that, that they're getting. So, Grifka, uh, we know it both comes down to what this kid does in practice, man. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? AI, it's not silly. Fulgham, as it's pronounced, Grifka, needs to ball out and practice. If he does that, he'll make plays. He'll get on the field. And, uh, again, he's got a great contract because he's a rookie and the draft is the greatest thing ever. You should know that by now. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just want to talk about a couple more guys. Um and uh, get your opinion on these guys. These, I think, like you said, there's a whole bunch of wide receivers we could talk about, but I think these last three guys I'm going to lump together are have the best chance of making the team or at least practice squad. Uh, it's Tommy Lee Lewis. Um, his uh, cap, cap hits like 870,000. Uh, Dantes Alexander. I mean, he's one of the uh, picks with the 495 cap hit, and then Chris Lacey. 
another one. His cap hits 495. Uh, those are my three guys that I think have the best chance. Um, you got any uh, any take on these three guys making minimal minimal cash for this team? You think you, you see them anywhere with this team? Um, I think it just comes down to, like I said, they, they all really make no money, but they, I don't know, like before we added to our depth chart, I mean, I thought Tommy Lewis had a little something uh, just as a gadget player and as kind of as a guy that might be a surprise, but he's been pushed down the depth chart. Alexander, I really didn't know much about him, but I think I saw some pictures recently and this is a big dude, man. He's one of those big bodied receivers if i if i'm remembering correctly that i thought man i don't i don't remember him ever doing anything in the preseason or making a splash on the roster but he's a big dog that can at least has the the measurables when it comes to playing the receiver position but yeah i i don't think you know i think it's going to come down to maybe we have some better competition throughout camp as well as uh maybe a little bit of depth uh, here and there but I think a lot of these guys at the bottom, just based on what they make, and and the guys in front of them are probably going to be uh, what's that? Uh, what's that word? Griff, uh, the uh, camp? Um... Uh, camp fodder. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I was thinking, man. You just said, I mean, if you wanted my uh, my thumbnail, it'd be camp fodder. Thanks for showing up, guys. Um, <laughs> we will see you at the local basketball game when the Detroit Lions take on. <laughs> said local, you know, police department, you know, in a charity game for said local park. So, uh, you know, now playing power forward for these red lines, Tommy Lewis and all the kids who go crazy, please sign my jersey or my ball. And, you know, Grifka, if, if Tommy Lewis is playing power forward, we got issues. Well, Doesn't always seem like, that way, though. The guy's like five, five, uh, five foot seven or something like that. I think I went to one of those games one time when I was when I was younger, and I think I remember Corey Schlesinger. He was like the big name that showed up, and I think at one point he was actually running point. I don't know if you remember Corey Schlesinger was a big fullback for the Lions, but that yeah. was funny to see that guy like running point. So, uh, I mean, oh, yeah, I went to one too, and Herman Moore was the uh, he was the Kobe Bryant of that game, just killing uh, people. You you actually had Herman Moore. I mean, yeah. congratulations! Like I said, Corey Schlesinger <laughs> was the best one we had. I can't even remember who else showed up. I mean, it was one of those oh, games, yeah. like I said, it's those guys that are like, oh, they play in the Lions. Really? I never see him touch the field. Everybody's like, <laughs> every, everybody's like maybe Barry will come. Man, Barry ain't going to high school to play basketball against the local fire department. The Knights of Columbus all. Come on, give me a break. I don't, I don't think Barry could hoop anyway. Like, I, I hate to diss you, Barry. You're great, one of the greatest running backs of all time. But I don't know that he's got much hoop game. But, yeah, Herman was good. I think even Luther Ellis, your boy, hyping up the crowd, was out there. Um, we, we almost got the A team. You got the uh, Washington really? Generals version. <laughs> Probably, man. I mean, I think they all drove up in, like, some Chevy Nova or something like that. I mean, dang, man. Was, okay. was Schrader out there and Mike Furry making an appearance? Or? <laughs> Mike Furry. Mike Furry, over 1,000 yards receiving one year for the Lions. 100 catches. Yeah. We got something with him. Okay. <laughs> um, like I said, like you have mentioned, the Lions have a bunch of um, wide receivers on the roster and other guys. Um, we just don't see it happening. So you want to touch base with any other, any other ones before we move on to cornerbacks? Uh, What's going on, Detroit Kool-Aid listeners? By now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team just like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is all about. I'm talking 
free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use promo code KOOLAID, one word lowercase, promo code KOOLAID, to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're good, man. Let's talk corners. Uh, just just start with your boy Slay. Get out of the way. To quickly tell the quick story about you shaking his hand and telling him he's going to be good. But then tell me about his contract and let's talk about these corners. Okay, man. Quick story. Once again, he's a rookie. He's out, you know. <laughs> You know, everybody's like trying to get his autograph. Derek's out there trying to get like, you know, I remember you trying to get Wolf Quinn's autograph. And I don't know, I think you wanted like what that kicker they signed, you know, they drafted what Alex Henry or whatever. And you got, you know, those two little kids got a picture with him and you were so jealous. But, you know, I just walked up. Child, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> and uh, I just walked up Slade, like, you know, I'm just like, hey, mind if I just shake your hand? He's like, sure. And I'm like, you're going to be good. He goes, thank you. And he was. So he obviously took it to heart. And I go, hey, told him to do that. So every time he makes a uh, interception, he waves his finger. I'm just like, I told him to do that. He knows it, but you, you know what Slay really thought when you walked away, Grifka? What's that? <laughs> you thought he was a loser? <laughs> I can't see Slay thinking himself as a loser, though. I mean, well, not him—the guy that came up and and the peasant that shook his hand and said, "You're going to be good," and he's like. Are you good at? I mean, yeah, I I don't know that he had the highest opinion of you, but you shook his hand. I got the Midas touch, man. Look what he turned into. You know, just think <laughs> if I did that for all the players, maybe, maybe Eric Ebron would still be on the team if I would have shook his hand, but his <laughs> crappiness probably would have wore off on me, and I'd be I'd be dropping my dishes and I'm unloading my dishwasher and you know, you know, trying to pick up my car keys and I can't hold on to those either. But struggling, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay, back to Slay. Um, once again, I know he's holding out this year. He's not happy with his cash. But right now, I mean, his uh, base salary is at the 12.55. With the bonuses that he has, he has a cap at a 15.93. Um, he is uh, he's, he is 28 years old, and he's got um dead cap of 5.8. But I can't see the Lions getting rid of this guy anytime soon. Um, do you think he's uh, you think he's going to get a pay raise to get into camp, or do you think the Lions are going to play hardball right here and say, "Hey, man, you got fifteen point nine on the day on the table. Uh, take it or leave it." Gosh, I <laughs> I don't know. I mean, my biggest hope is that next Thursday when the vets report, you just see Slay and and. 
big snacks pull up and we can put all this behind us, but I think it could be somewhat ugly. I think that Slay, as good as he is, sort of needs to know that, I mean, they did pretty much take care of you. I mean, those numbers are not shabby. I mean, I, Slay had a a couple years there where he had some good picks, but I, I mean, I don't see him making huge splash plays all the time. As I remember, I used to have that big beef. Okay, your big play slay, go make some big plays. And then he did, you know, he went out and started making some big game ending interceptions, things like that. So, I mean, I think he could, he could get a little bump, but I mean, again, he's under contract and I just hope that he sort of proves his point. And then even if he misses maybe a few preseason games comes in towards the end of camp. I mean, I don't know. I, I, we need this guy. If, if they need to bump them a little bit, I mean, we do have the money, so go ahead. But I hope – I can't wait till this is all behind us and the big fella in the middle as well as our best cover corner is uh, here ready to go. Yeah, all I got to say is I wish you had the sound bite so I didn't have to do this again. But it's like, hey, big play. Baby, I got your money. Don't you worry. Said hey. There, you have to go back and find that. But – uh Oh my god, that that was for the people right there. Yeah, exactly, right there. So they know that I'm still waiting on my record contract from Capital. Um, where where yeah. was the Martha verse though? Wasn't it Martha singing it, or was Martha in the verse? I can't remember. It was still uh, good, Martha was the one it was. singing it. Remember, she's the one calling him saying that with, with the glasses, right, or yeah. no glasses? After I yelled at her with, with the glasses, she needs those on all the time because the lights okay. are bright down there in Detroit. Oh yeah. Because yeah. if Slate wants right. his money, just give him his money. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, Big play, man. Get in here. Come on, let's go. Where's my money? <laughs> exactly. And, and I, lo- I love Slay. You know I do. But, uh, I mean, 15.9, that's a big cap hit. And, you know, I talk to my friends about this guy, and I, I compare him to Dre Bly. He's high risk, high reward. You know, there's times where, you're right, he's making the big play. And then there's other times just like, you know, he wants to jump the route, and that's on a double move, and he's getting burned. And so, you know, 15.9 is pretty healthy. And I know he made the Pro Bowl last year. I don't put a whole lot of stock in the Pro Bowl, though. I know some people really do. But, uh, you know, 15.9 is a big cap hit. Like I said, if you give him a little bump, you know, here, and then say, hey, you know, you know, you know, you know, and kind of, you know, come next year. You know, have another good year. Talk to us next off season. We'll, we'll, you know, look to do the extension. But fifteen point nine is pretty healthy for the guys. So yeah, um, you know where Allen Park's at. I would love to see you down there so I can shake your hand again and uh, get your picture while uh, Derek's trying to get a photo with Sam Martin. So drink it in. Uh... <laughs> yeah, right. I'm with you. Yep. So um, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, let's uh, talk to the guy they brought in. Going to be the nickel guy, Justin Coleman. Um, he's 26 years old. He's pretty much deemed the best uh, nickel cover corner that uh, in the league. Um, base salary this year is only 805,000, but uh, with his bonuses, he does have a cap hit of 2.8. Now this changes next year, where his base salary goes up to 6.9, and he has a cap hit of 9. Point mil- he has a little um, over 9 million. And then the year after that, it goes all the way up to 8.9 with a cap hit of 11 million. But that third year, the dead cap's down to 6 million. I mean, it's still pretty heavy. But uh, Coleman only making eight hundred five with a cap at a two eighty eight this year, man. That's 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 just got that's just a killer signing right there for what this guy can do on the team. It's it's probably one of the most shrewd moves that he's made backloading this contract. So, uh, what are you thinking about this uh, signing of Coleman at only uh, two point eight eight this year? 
Oh, Grifka. See, this is we've been having a fun show. This is where I have to get after you a little bit because you sold it as like what is your number is now and 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 a little bit on the backloading. But as excited as I am for Coleman, like the thing about him is that I mean we paid top top dollar for this guy. I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, for some reason, probably just because I haven't seen him in the uniform and making plays yet, like I'll literally be thinking about the lines and I'll go damn, I forgot we got Flowers, Coleman, Jesse James, you know, some of these really good pieces that we've needed. They're kind of under the radar for me until I really go, start going through the roster in my head. And Coleman is at the top of that list. I mean, we have been awful at, at slot corner, but I'm not going to sell this contract as some amazing shrewd deal because they basically said, okay, we're terrible at slot corner. We need a slot corner. Justin Coleman's the best slot corner. And we're going to pay him as such. I mean, I think he averages what in that, you know, I want to say it's up in the eight, nine million dollar range, somewhere in that when you do it over the the longevity of the contract. I mean, that is that is big money and he needs to, you know, own up to it. He's been hurt. So he hasn't been in camp. But this is a very integral piece to the team this year. They paid a bunch for him. Okay, yeah, the first year or so doesn't look so bad, but it's what about, you know, over the long term. And uh, I want this guy to produce throughout this contract because he's uh, very important and I'm expecting big things. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, like I said, I, th- I think the shrewd part is just where it's backloaded. And I know, get the bell, you've mentioned this in the past, how obviously the salary cap's going to go up. So much like his contract, Flowers' contract, all the money is on the back end. So it might be one of those things where the Lions look at it down the road and say, like, yeah, one year early, we can get rid of you. You know, and where the uh, dead cap's not nearly as bad as it is, you know, second year, third year. So, but it is only at 2.8 mil this year. I mean, that's got to be an upgrade for what the Lions were throwing out there last year. So, yeah, only paying them that much this year. I'd have to say that's pretty shrewd that they're not looking to, you know, they're not giving the guy 11 million this year, you know, and, you know, 2.8. Yeah, that's, that's, you got to like that signing and it's got to be an upgrade from anything that the Lions put out there last year. So I guess that's what I kind of meant. It's shrewd. But the quick counter is that you don't pay him that and then two next year and can totally get out of it. Like if he was terrible for whatever reason or or you want to – you can just move on and say, okay, we really only paid him $3 million bucks for two years. Like the money is still there. It's just not on the front end. So, yeah. you know, you're not getting out of this deal and he needs to be really good to live up to it. So yeah. I, I hope so. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about this guy too, this uh, signing uh... – a lot of people think he's penciled in as the starter upside slate, and that's uh, Rashad Melvin. Um, base salary at the 1.3 with the um, cap at a 2.13. Now, this is only a one-year deal, so I'm not going to be too worried about dead money. I think this guy's going to make the team. Um, you like him Melvin at uh, 2.13 million, or do you think that may be a little high for what he's done in the league so far? Or low, I guess. You know, maybe you think he's underpaid. I think so. Are you sure on these numbers, Griff? Could you copy and paste these right? Or you do your research? Because I thought he was making more than that. It seems low. Uh, no, 2.1 2. is his cap hit, really? What is it? Maybe I did misprint it. I thought they gave him like a, a DJ Hayden type deal where he was getting a decent chunk of change for being a vet. I'll look it up. But like my quick take on him is that like. I just don't know what we have in them. It's weird. Like there's probably 10 plus players on this team that I don't really even know what we have 
Yeah, it looks like you got it right. I'm surprised. I thought he was more in that four, four to five million dollar range um, for kind of a one year to bring him in to to be a either a starter or a depth corner. But um, yeah, I just got to see him on the field, see what he can bring, and I I hope he uh, can add to this corner depth. He's got to be better than than the Winsock or uh, Nevin Lawson, that's for sure. <laughs> Maybe you're thinking DJ Hayden because you like DJ Hayden signed that first. I did, but you know, <laughs> but you're right. 2.13. It's got to be better than the windsock. I love that. We should take right. one down there and see if he knows what we're talking about. He obviously doesn't <laughs> listen to the podcast, but uh, um, yeah, it's got to be better than even Nevin Lawson. You know, Mr. Uh, gosh, that guy. Oh gosh. So glad he's gone. You know, so yeah, Melvin. Who can get posted worse, Tease Toast or uh, Nevin Lawson? Man, it was a it was a toss up every game. Yeah, literally. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah, uh, two point one three million. I mean, you gotta like the signing. You know, Patricia, I, I believe has confidence in him. I think he's gonna be the starter upside, um, opposite Slay. Um, let's uh, talk about these couple guys. I think they may be uh, um, kind of fighting for the same position. Um, Let's go with uh, Jalen. Let's go with Tease Tabor, the guy you just brought up. You know, he's at 1.3 this year. Is uh, his cap hit still under the rookie contract? And uh, Jamal Agnew. Now he he was obviously a later round pick, but uh, his cap hits only the 709,000 this year. Um, where do you see these guys on the team? I know Tabor was having a good camp, and then he kind of fell off at the end. And Agnew, he was obviously an All Pro kick returner, but it seems like they want to play him a little more on defense. Um, where do you think these guys fit in with the amount of money they make? Grifka, is, is this question about T's toast? Is that a real question? Yeah. Real yeah. Question. I, uh, again, T's was a guy I didn't like in the draft when they took him because he's wearing our Jersey. We won't rehash it. Grifka, but yeah, I did try to like him. I did hear buzz that he could be a good corner. Um, I've heard buzz this year. I'm just not uh, believing it. I'd love him to be a depth guy, but I'm I'm not sure that's going to happen. So, um, you know, Tease is just what he is, I guess, at this point. Um, Agnew, I, I've heard people saying, like, oh, maybe Agnew doesn't make the roster. Like, are you kidding me? This guy's been better than good every year. I mean, he's been a returner. It's been excellent. He They used him on offense. That was interesting, and he made plays, and uh, – you know, I haven't seen much on defense, but again, he's got to be better than some of our other options. And I hear he's working hard at and getting a lot of snaps because a uh, big play is over there uh, hanging out, waiting for that next bag of money to come through. So I, uh, I'm i not a fan really of tease. I mean, I hope, you know, we could get something out of a high second rounder at some point. And I think Agnew has more than produced for, I think he was a fifth rounder. And Again, their money's not much to speak of because it's uh, just that low-level money that you expect from guys like this. And uh, Agnew, to me, is worth pretty much every penny. I, I love his mentality, too. He's a really humble guy, hard worker, all that type of stuff. Yeah, um, Agnew, I mean, 24 years old. You know, like you said, he, he's cheap. And, you know, he was all pro. I mean, I think if you're all pro like that, you got to keep throwing him back there. I mean, the guy's got burst. He's quick. I, I you know, throw somebody else in the defensive backfield. Let this guy be the kick return and the punt returner. And it's guys, the guy's cheap, and he, he was all pro. I mean, I realize he got injured and stuff, but you know, if you're like, well, we like guys who can play multiple positions, fine, okay. If it's got to be one of those guys, you always see those special teamers. Remember when Johnson Bottomos he was on the team? I mean, he was out there in the defensive backfield, and he wasn't great, but the guy was 
one hell of a special teamer. He was always he was a gunner. He was always down there making tackles. Fine. If you want to proclaim you like guys who can make multiple positions, fine. Agnew, he's your kick returner. He's your punt returner. Let him master that and let him go do that and let him play defensive back in the preseason when your other starters and everything are just sitting there. Uh, Tabor, you know, like you said, I, he is what he is at this point. Slow. Sorry. That's <laughs> slow. So, you know, it, you, you hope it clicks and you hope his, his skill set comes up, but slow. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the draft pick. The guy we we're all high on, hoping to get him in the second round. We get him late in the draft, and that's A.O. We all know his uh, draft uh, money's at the 495 with a cap at a 575. So this guy's a rookie. You know, making no money at all. He's going to be out there working hard, trying to be starting opposite opposite um, Slay. What do you think about this guy and his uh, cheaper uh, cheaper uh, money that he makes? Grifka, you, you got to do it with some respect, man. Oh, 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 baby, oh, baby, a o o baby. Um, this guy, I'm super intrigued because, like you said, second round, maybe third round. Even some people had him in the lower first. Goes in the fifth. Um, didn't hear much about him, you know, and he, I don't think he was battling any injuries. He was out there, but we didn't hear much about him. You still can't really coach his size, 6'1", 6'2", 200-some pounds. A fifth-round contract is absolutely nothing. Locked him up for four years. This is a guy that, man, even if he's just adding depth, even if he's just – you know, a piece to this uh, defensive back puzzle, man. I'm super excited. I think this guy that will get some buzz come uh, training camp as well as in the preseason, people will be like, oh, oh, baby, that's the guy we got. Like, they'll actually get to see him and we'll start uh, getting some more, man, could this guy start? Could he make an impact? Whereas right now, there just hasn't been much about him. So I'm still super excited about A-O. Yeah. Yeah, first when he started doing the O, I thought you were giving somebody your O face. So, but hey, you know that, that's okay. Um, yeah, he's like you said, it's your favorite word when it comes to these guys. He's cheap, so uh, let him go out there and learn. And um, I, I don't think he'll be a starter this year. I know we were kind of looking at that during the draft. Maybe we could pencil him in, but with the Lions, the moves that they made to shore up their defensive backfield. Um, hope it's one of those things where maybe a guy or two, you know, really takes him under his wing and he learns in a couple of years from now that um, he may be the guy, out, you know, starting out there uh, at one of the cornerback positions. But, you know, this guy's, you know, big time. He's tall, you know, 23 years old, coming out of college. So, you know, he's going to be here for a bit. So uh, cheap money, you know, hopefully can develop into, you know, what we really, really want him to be. So uh, these next couple guys just going oh. Baby, get it right next time, Griffith, please. Okay, I'll do that. And uh, last one, um, I'm just gonna put these three guys together because I helped think they're in the same boat. And that's uh, Marcus Cooper, Charles, and the Windsock McFord. Um, once again, these guys don't make any money at all. They're out there working their tail off. I know they're out there working hard trying to make the squad, but uh, these guys are all pretty cheap. Uh, do you see these guys anywhere on the roster? Oh, is this this a real question, Grifka? Yeah, I know. I know. Was it they got Marcus Cooper? I mean, the guy's what twenty nine years old. He's been around, but uh, you think you think he has a chance? I mean, you know, Charles Washington, kind of the same thing. I mean, he's up there. I mean, he's twenty six, and Michael yeah. Ford, he's out there. You know, being the windsock out in front of your <laughs> local auto dealership. You know, on you know 
you know, freeway Fridays or something like that, where they're trying to sell, you know, as many Cadillacs as they can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people, there's some people that like Mike Ford. I mean, uh, you know, Washington to me again, is a great special teamer. He's a guy that is like killer brew where you keep around for what he does on that side of the football. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Cooper to me is just a guy they brought in just a case of injury, maybe a guy that can get some good reps in camp, but uh, not too much to say about these guys. I think we've talked about the, the main guys, and I think this is an upgraded position for the Lions, but an injury or two could really hamper them. You know, we got to keep Justin Coleman healthy. Big play Slay's got to get in there because, man, if, if if we were to run out like Melvin and the rookie, that'd be rough. That'd feel like we did a, a few years ago at corner where we had nobody back there. So um, got to gotta get this group rolling. You know, overall, like the, uh, the contracts, Slay's got the big money, and uh, that's why we need him here, so. Yeah, like your point on Washington, that's like I mentioned Johnson bottom motion. That's Charles Washington, exactly the same. I'm going to go out there and be the gunner on the special teams, and he's going to go out there, and that's what he's going to get paid to do. He's only going to be seeing defensive backfield in the preseason when all your starters and second-string guys are, you know, on the bench resting. Uh, Marcus Cooper, he's there just for competition. If he doesn't make it, the Lions don't have any problem parting with this guy. Like I said, his dead cap is really nothing. And uh, Mike Ford, just watching him, he was always three steps behind the crossing route. You know, he's another guy kind of like Tabor, just seems to be, you know, two steps too slow. And, you know, I, I can't see this guy. It seems like the Lions have totally upgraded the position where um, Mike Ford will have trouble making the making the field this year. So that's my take on those three guys. Yeah, man, so, sounds good. Um, does that close us up at corners then? Yeah, that's all I got. Is there anybody else you want to touch base with, or am I missing anybody? Griff, I'm good, man. We've uh, we've uh, worked through this show. Some of these shows have been a bit longer with us working through these different position groups, but uh, we got to talk about the money. So, Grifka, let's do this, man. Uh, we've talked about a lot of groups. I think we got a couple more to go. Let's come back next week and let's talk some tight ends. Um, I'm sure that will be a, a very interesting show to listen to, as well as uh, special teams, which, of course, is one of my favorites. So we'll come back. We'll talk about those two. And then we're super excited to uh, to break down. We're going to kind of – I'll be at camp that first day. At least um, I'm planning to do that, to get down to camp and see what I see and kick off the training camp with the Matt Pat and the Lions out there. That should be fun. We'll come back and recap that a little bit. And then that following week, man, we're going to talk our uh, – Big predictions. Uh, one of the better shows uh, last year of me and you dropping that knowledge before the team hits the field of what games are they going to win? What are they going to lose come Sundays? That should be super fun. So, uh, yeah, man, we're good. Let's close up this show. But, uh, I mean, I got to throw it back to you, Grifka. The people want to know. You got anything else for the people? Uh, All right, man. Well, we got that money. We're talking dollars and cents. We'll be back next week. We got a lot of good stuff leading up. And the Lions will be on the field next Thursday, Grifka. We are close. It's going to be awesome. So I'm looking forward to a great season with all the people and uh, all the Kool-Aid drinkers. So let's go ahead and get up out of here. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Detroit Kool-Aid Cast. We'll check you next week. What a comeback by the Lions! 
drink it in, man.